Good morning, everybody. At least four people are awake. That's not bad. Let's try that again. I want some big bop volume from especially some of the younger ones. I want noise. Good morning, everybody. Good morning. Okay, we've got five people awake. We'll go with that. Right, now, um, just before we get started, we're in that weird kind of Twixmas bit, aren't we, between Christmas and New Year, um, when every day you wake up and go, I have no idea what day it is. Is that, is that, have you heard that, yeah? And by now, if you're like me, your body is about 70% cheese. I am mostly cheese by this point of the proceedings. But what I want to find out is, um, I don't know whether anybody else, in our house at Christmas we give each other gifts and we get some nice gifts. I got four buildings for my new railway. So I'm going to spend a lot of time building kits of buildings for my railway, because I'm like that. Um, did anybody else get any presents on Christmas Day? Can anybody tell me, did anybody get any gifts? Anybody at all? Or did, no, uh, I, how, how many got a gift? What did you get, Harmony? Yeah, I gave you something nice. Typical. Right, we'll move on. Okay, over here in the cheap seats, what did you get? Pardon? A Fitbit. That's something technical to have been fit. Have you remembered yet, Harmony? No. Uh, no, I got a nice, nice makeup. Nice makeup, very good. Nice makeup on a Fitbit. We're looking at health and beauty. Over at the back, over here, what did you get? A Swift box. Wow, no idea what that is. What, what's a Swift? Is it a box for Swifts or a box that goes swiftly? A swift nesting box, how cool is that? Anyway, we've got a swift nesting box. Anything, anybody else get any gifts? Over there, what, what did you get? You have to shout loud. So, what did you get? You got a new doorbell. Anybody else get any, anything here? You had a birthday as well, didn't you? Any, pardon? Bluetooth headphones, ooh, uh. So, we've all had some nice gifts. Oh, hang on, and over here, yes? Books. What books did you get? You can't remember, there's lots of books. Books is good. I only got one book this year. I like books. Anybody else? Anybody else get books? Anybody hands up you got books? Oh, we got a lot of good readers. Well done. You got a gift. Pajamas. Pajamas. PJs. Anybody else get Christmas PJs? Yeah, we got the Christmas PJs in. Brilliant. And new dresses. Is this your Christmas dress? Come and give us a twirl. Go around like this. Well, come on, what do you have to do? Like, what do you have to do together? We're going to spin around in a circle to everybody. After two, ready? One, two, three, go! Brilliant. Oh, I feel dizzy now. I shouldn't have done that. Right. When we get things, what did I get? I got some buildings to go on my railway. When we get good news, we like to tell people, don't we? I wonder when you get really exciting news, who's the first person you tell? Who is it you first tell? Is it you tell your mum? Good answer. Perhaps you tell your spouse when there's a really big bit of news, an engagement or a new baby, or I've got a present or I've got a certificate at school. We like to tell the right people in the right order, don't we? We don't just think, hey, I've got really exciting news. I'll tell the new administrator at work. They started a week ago. They seem nice. You phone your family. You phone the right people. You get it in the right order. And actually, if we don't get, like, if we think it should be us, oh, you've told everyone else but not me, feel a bit left out, don't we? So when you've got the biggest bit of news, the most important bit of news to tell in the whole of history, who do you tell first? Oh, your mum and dad? Maybe we tell, well, who do we think they'd tell? A president or an influencer on, on kind of social media because they'll get the word out quick? You tell your family? But when it's the biggest bit of news, because when Jesus was born, 
as we've been celebrating, they knew this was really big news. For millennia, God had been saying the Messiah is going to come. There will be a saviour of the world. So when this person finally arrives, this is the big news that people have been waiting for for centuries. It's the news that's going to change the world for all history. This is the big one. There is no news bigger than this. So who do you tell first? That's a big question, isn't it? And here's the fascinating thing from today's reading. Because the people who were told first were not the great king or the great religious leader or the army general. It was the shepherds. Really normal people. Jesus spent a lot of time when he was grown up with people who were the most needy in society. The ill, people with leprosy, the, the widows, the most vulnerable. He also hung around with tax collectors and religious leaders and wealthy people. People who, who were really kind of influential. But the shepherds were that group of people, a bit like many of us here, who were just in the middle. They weren't the most needy but they weren't the most influential, they were just normal working people, the kind of people you don't really take much notice of. Just everyday folk doing their jobs. And God decided, when I want to tell people about the most important thing that's ever happened in history, about the biggest bit of news there's ever been, I'm going to tell normal people. I'm going to go to just the ordinary working people. I'm not going to the king or the emperor. I'm not going to the most kind of needy person at this stage. They're coming in. I'm starting with just your average ordinary person. So if you ever feel like, well, who am I? I'm not that special. I'm not that important. I haven't got an OBE in the honours list again. I haven't got some great job. I haven't got this. I'm just nobody. I'm just normal. Well... So were the shepherds. So that puts you at the top of the list of people God wants to tell. Because when he went through the list, he went, who am I going to tell first? Who gets the first call? It's the shepherds. They get the call. And they get the call from an angel. I could do with an angel. Is there anyone here who wants to volunteer to come and stand here and be an angel for me? Would you like to be an angel for me? Yay! I thought you might. Come here. So an angel arrived. Here's our angel. And the shepherds... That's you lot, because you all look quite normal. Okay, some of you look normal, I'll be honest. Um, you're the shepherds. The shepherds all looked terrified. They all went, ah! The shepherds all went, ah! Go. Thank you very much. Because you're all big and scary, because you're an angel. Right? So what the angel had to shout, as loud as the angel could, was she had to shout, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid! Fortunately, I've got an ear on this side as well. Right. Do not be afraid. That was the message for the shepherds because they were all really frightened. And the angel said, today is good news. Can you say that? Because Jesus has been born. That was the thing. And then they said, and it is, this is where it gets a bit like a film, the kind of film I like. It says, because you'll know this because there is a sign. 
Now, if you watch the kind of films I watch, at this point, you think, this is going to be exciting. There's going to be a sign. It's going to be some mystic ancient thing. It's going to be on top of a mountain. They're going to have to follow rivers and things. And it's going to be really exciting and dramatic, this sign. So this is where it gets really exciting. So what's the sign going to be? It's bound to be some Indiana Jonesy clue thing. And it's going to be really exciting. And the sign was... Brilliant. Like this one here. That was the sign. They say, go to the town nearby. That's no good in a film, is it? It's always up a mountain range and over the river and, and across the sea. This is just uh, Bethlehem. It's just there. Go there and you'll see this sign. And then there were loads of angels and they all went, we'll do this together. We'll be angels together. Ready? We have to shout hallelujah. One, two, three. Hallelujah! And they praised God. But do you know what the angel didn't say to the shepherds? The angel didn't say, if you notice, go and follow the sign. Go and do it. Go and find this person. All the angel said was, this is the sign that the Saviour's been born. The shepherds had to decide what to do next. They weren't commanded to follow the sign. They were just told, you'll find him. They had to decide whether to go or not. If they had decided not to, it could have been a long time before anyone knew that Jesus had been born. God left it for people to decide whether to find out or not. The most important news, and God said, I'm going to leave it up to you to find out or not. But fortunately, the shepherds did. The shepherds went to Bethlehem to look for the sign. And it's really funny. It really made me think the other day about this funny thing here. This is Jesus in the manger. And we know there was a, the, the Bible doesn't say whether there was a stable or not, and people speculate. But you know, because this was the only sign that God had sent the Saviour in the world, that's it. Presumably there were no other babies in mangers that night, because otherwise that's not a very good sign, is it? Because we would have got the wrong one. This was clearly such a weird thing to happen. It was such an extraordinary thing for a mother to put a baby in an animal feeding trough. Such a weird thing that when they found it, they'd go, that must be the one because no one would do that to a baby. That's never been done before. No one would do that. That's why it's the sign. But this was the only evidence they'd got that the Saviour had come. Just this baby in one of these. And I love to imagine what it was to be like. So they go to Bethlehem, it's night time. It's not a huge place, but it was quite crowded. And presumably they had to walk around going, excuse me, I know this sounds daft. You, you, you haven't seen a woman with a baby in a feeding trough, have you? Um, and presumably they went around and said, have you seen one? No, I, I know it's going to sound weird. Um, till eventually, presumably, someone said, you're not going to believe this. I was just up the other end of town, and I, I heard this woman, and someone saying she'd stuck her in a feeding trough. I couldn't believe it. And the shepherds went... Blow me, they said. The angel said we'd find a woman who put her baby in a feeding trough, and there it is. There it is. It's, it, was, it was true. What the angel said, it wasn't a dream. It wasn't, we, we haven't got, gone, gone slightly bonkers. A woman has actually put a baby in a feeding trough. This baby must be, therefore, the Messiah. This baby, this baby is the Son of God. Can you hold this baby for me? Can you hold Jesus for me? And say, this is the Son of God. 
That's what they knew. And what the shepherds did then was they put baby Jesus back in the basket. Is they went, can you go and tell your mum and dad and then tell dad that this is the son of God? Can you do that for me? That's what the shepherds did. The first thing they did was they went round town saying, you won't believe it. You won't, Adam and Eve, it. We've just found a baby. The angel said, this is the son of God. Their response to encountering God, the first thing they did was go and tell people. And then it says, the last thing we hear about the shepherds. We've no idea whether they became better shepherds or better husbands or better parents. We've no idea what it did to them. What we do know, though, is they then went, and it says they went glorifying and praising God. What they did was they worshipped God. That's what it inspired them to. Their encounter with Jesus was fundamentally spiritual. It changed their spirit. It ignited their souls. We had a a meeting a few weeks ago to talk about sermons coming up over the next uh, few weeks. A group of us meet uh, fairly regularly. And I was really challenged by something Paul Weatherall was saying, who's a a, a wise young man. And he said, uh, and and I really felt this was about, it wasn't that many ago, but just wisely, he said, we often talk about uh, at our sermons about how it's going to change the way we behave. And we do a lot about behavior. And I'm really into that because, you know, we should be thinking, when we learn about this, what difference does it make on a Monday morning? But he really challenged me in the way that I preach to say that sometimes when we preach, it's about inspiring people in their spirit, in their soul, changing our relationship with God. And then I got this reading about the shepherds. Because what we learned from the shepherds was, one, they followed the sign, even though it was, quite a, it was a bit weird, but actually it was quite normal. It's a baby. When they'd seen the sign, they did just two things. They went and told people and said, you won't believe it, but this is what we found. And then they praised God even more. That's the big news. Their souls were on fire. Their spirits were ignited. They were enthused about God. And so as we go into 2024 and things change around here, I wonder what signs of God we will look for. Do we only want to see the big and the dramatic? Do we think, well, we never see signs of God, and yet we've seen God at work over this last year. We've seen God bring new friends into St. Christopher's. We've seen God in our own lives, in our family's lives. And it might be really small. You might think, but it's not very dramatic. It was a baby in a feeding trough. That's what the biggest news, that's how big the sign was. So we need to look for the little signs where God says, here's me at work. And when we find those signs, when we hear about them, are we going to be like the shepherds, people of action, who say, wow, we're going to follow the sign, we're going to tell people about the sign, but we are going to be people who then praise God more. Our spirits are going to be lifted. Our souls are going to be on fire. We're going to have all this building work changed this year. Over the next few months, by March, hopefully it will all be finished. We're going to be thinking about where we go as a church. And I wonder whether we will be like the shepherds. The signs of God at work in here. Is that going to lead us to tell others? But most of all, are we going to become a people who praise God 
even more. Amen.